Then Lawrence fell ill again and went to Bermuda, hoping that the climate there would restore his health. The unhappy state of health which I labor under makes me uncertain as to when I shall return from Bermuda. If I grow worse, I shall hurry home to my grave. And sadly, it was thus. Lawrence returned home and died, and George felt his loss deeply. One of the duties held by Lawrence had been that of adjutant of the colony, and it was a natural ambition for George to wish to be his successor. It was Lawrence who had given George brief instructions on European military matters, and it was with such meagre knowledge that George Washington was appointed major by the district adjutant general of the Virginia militia. He was 21. As Major Washington, he began to learn more about the political aspects of encounters on the frontier, and, in particular, about the advance of the French. The French and English were each striving to acquire the rich lands west of the Allegheny Mountains, extending from the Great Lakes to the Ohio. This desire was further reinforced by the rewards of the fur trade. When Governor Dinwiddie learned that the Indians were joining the French, he sent a message to the French commander ordering him to leave the country. George, who had been following the events in the newspapers, quickly volunteered to deliver the message. When he returned with the French commander's reply, which Dinwiddie felt was totally unsatisfactory, he went before the General Assembly with an appeal for funds and men. Only speed could forestall the French. It was this that led to the French and Indian War. As a lieutenant colonel, George was to have his first experience of the responsibility and excitement of command, as well as the anxieties and disappointments. He resigned in November 1754, when Governor Dinwiddie divided the troops and reduced his rank. But he openly admitted his strong desire to learn more of the military art. Several months later, Braddock, his Majesty's Commander-in-Chief of the Forces in North America, arrived in Virginia, and George indirectly made known to him his eagerness to be associated with his military family. Braddock, upon meeting George, quickly offered him a commission, but, although anxious to accept, George was worried about the problems of managing his estate. It was agreed that he would serve as volunteer aide to Braddock without pay. After five years he began to look to the future. He took pride in what he had accomplished as a soldier, but he decided that his years of military life were now over. George, my good friend, welcome to Belvoir. We are delighted to have you with us again. Oh, my dear Fairfax, it is good to be back. I have sorely missed plantation life. You must meet my wife. Ah, there she is. Sally, my dear, may I present our neighbor, George Washington, just lately returned from the French and Indian War. I have heard much about you, Mr. Washington. It is a pleasure to meet you at last. The pleasure is all mine. You will come visit us soon? I shall. Oh, indeed, I shall. Young George gazed upon the loveliness of Sally Carey Fairfax and was enchanted. He became devoted to her, but he was nevertheless well aware that nothing more than the happiest of friendships could exist between them. More than twenty-five years later, when Sally was a loyalist exile in England, he was to write to her 
the recollection of those happy moments, the happiest in my life, which I have enjoyed in your company. Disappointed in love, Washington did not put aside the thought of marriage. When he met the lovely young widow, Martha Dandridge Custis, he found her gentle charm most pleasing, and asked if he could call upon her. She consented, and after several visits, he proposed to her. Martha accepted, and on January the 6th, 1759, they were married. Washington's first try at politics as a candidate for the Virginia House of Burgess was unsuccessful. He was also defeated at the second try. On his third attempt, however, he had learned the process of electioneering. The voters, having received at his own expense gallons and gallons of rum punch, wine, beer, Madeira and brandy, put him in office by a vote of 310 to his opponent's 45. On February the 22nd, his 27th birthday, he went to Williamsburg to begin his service in the House of Burgesses. He had been in the House only four days when the Burgesses gave evidence of their interest in him. I offer the resolution that the thanks of the House be given to George Washington, Squire, a member of this House, late Colonel of the 1st Virginia Regiment, for his faithful service to His Majesty and this colony. Although Washington attended the meetings of the House, his concerns were primarily for those of a planter. Then America began to receive word that new taxes were to be levied by the English Parliament because of her increased national debt incurred during the war with France. Direct taxation of the colonials had never been attempted, and the colonists were soon concerned over the passage of the bill to collect tax directly in the form of stamp duties. The stamps, printed in England, were sent to the colonies for allotment. The man selected to distribute the stamps in Virginia was Colonel George Mercer. Colonel Mercer, are you going to distribute stamps, or will you remain with your own people and resign your office as distributor? The Stamp Act. It had to be repealed if the wheels of trade were to turn. Tempers raged. If the merchants yielded to the Stamp Act, the right of colonial self-taxation would be destroyed. Yet, even before the formal proclamation of the Stamp Act, Washington was beginning angrily to view the encroachment by the English upon the rights of Virginians to legislate for themselves in representative assemblies. He began to attend meetings and write and speak against taxation without representation. A new Virginia convention was called in accordance with the recommendation of the Philadelphia Congress of 1774, that each colony select delegates to a similar congress in May 1775. Washington attended this congress, and it was on the fourth day that the Virginian Patrick Henry offered a series of resolutions. The increase of English forces is intended for the enslavement of the colonies. There is only one way America can retain her liberty. We must fight. Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others might take. But as for me, give me liberty or give me death. 
The news that had been dreaded arrived from the north. English infantry had appeared ten miles northwest of Boston, Massachusetts, in the village of Lexington. When the volunteer colonial company did not disperse, the English commander had ordered his front ranks to open fire. Angrily aware that the just right and liberties of America were to be destroyed, the colonials resolved to resist, by force of arms if necessary, to defend the law and rights of the colonies. God save the liberties of America! In Philadelphia, the Congress affirmed the just rights and privileges of the colonies and authorized the raising of a total of ten companies to march on Boston. In the paper for raising the companies, it was specified that they should be under the command of the chief officer in that army. A leader of ability and character must be commissioned, and such a leader must personify the unity of Americans and their devotion to the principles of liberty. Adams, the revolutionary from New England, stressed that the colonial forces must have strong evidence that all the colonies were behind them, and this could only be done by selecting a man who represented the Congress and the continent. George Washington was chosen to be that man, and he began to feel the heavy hand of destiny upon him. He was well aware that, even in the best of circumstances, the war with England would be long, hard, and almost beyond hope. Remember, Mr. Henry, what I now tell you. From the day I enter upon the command of the American armies, I date my fall and the ruin of my reputation. The Washington who showed the heavy burden of command.